Lawnmower. Wig. Pop pop. Tia. Oh. Date line. Hi everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to a date with Dateline, and we're still playing around with that new intro. After seven years, we're finally doing an intro. And some people liked the Dateline Whisper, and some people liked the Moan. By the way, if you don't know what the Moan is, you haven't been listening to our show. Because Dateline has a weird Moan in their intro. It's very sensual, and we don't know why it's there. I wouldn't say weird. Odd. And Katie didn't hear it for a very long time. I didn't. (laughs) For years. So we're trying something new. But thank you for weighing in. Let us know what you think of both. Maybe I'll do a poll. Who knows? We're ever evolving. This episode is called The Sleepover, and it's a wild ride, so we just have to get started because we have so much. Um, Also, I grabbed Twitter. Do you know this case? No, I didn't know this case at all. Neither did I. That's all I wanted to know. Press on. Yeah. So this is season 32, episode 25, February 2nd, 2024, hosted by our queen, Andrea Canning. Lots of Andrea lately. No one's complaining, especially not my dad. Oh, that sounds weird. When I last watched with them and I said, wow, lots of Andrea episodes lately. And he goes, I'm not complaining. Bob. Gross. So Andrea starts the episode by telling us what I've always said, which is you cannot trust children, except she says it very nicely. She says, childhood memories can be so joyful, but also elusive. Or as I say, children are sometimes liars. The Kimberly way of saying it. Yeah. They're just wrong. Their memories are faulty, but so are adults. Let's be real. Every human's memory is faulty. So we're in Pensacola, Florida, and if you're wondering why we're not with Dennis, our Florida man, it's because there's a military angle here, and they always give the military stories to Andrea because she is a military spouse. What branch of the military is her husband in? He's, I believe, in the Marines. He's like a lieutenant colonel something fancy. Okay, got it. Yeah. So Sherry and Greg Malorick, they worked air traffic control at the Navy station. Runway two, you are cleared to taxi. Flight 707, Bravo, Fox, Trot. I don't know what they say. The most stressful job ever, right? Well, according to that movie with Billy Bob Thornton, yes. Right. I mean, there are certain jobs you don't get to make a mistake, and that feels like one of them. Yeah, you can't. You got to be on the ball. Yeah. You can't be tired. Right. I'm just kind of off today. Just going to phone it in. Yeah. No. (laughs) Nope. No. So this story takes place on September 21st. 2001 or 2001, but New Kimberly pronounces the year correctly. So Greg and Sherry had five kids. They were a blended family. Jacob was the oldest. Tara was the youngest at three. And Sherry's sister, you might need a chart here. Gonna need a chart, people. I just have a list of who I think was at the sleepover because we didn't get all the names. No, we don't need the names. So I do have the families, though. I think I got it. Sherry's sister, Tina, and her husband, Jeff, drop off their two kids for a big sleepover. So it's going to be seven kids. The cousins are all going to hang out. That is just a lot of children. Also, that's only one more than Andrea Canning has all by herself out of her body. Yeah, she's like, this is nothing. 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 By the way, the reason I said Tia in the beginning is because I kept hearing Tia. 
instead of Tina for some oh. reason. And Tia is also aunt in Spanish. There you go. And she is in. She is the aunt. So Tina and Jeff are going to a big military ball, which sounds very exciting. And so that's why they're dropping their kids off for this big sleepover. Now, the kids are all eating dinner at Greg and Sherry's house when Greg calls Sherry out to the backyard. She goes outside and she never comes back. Greg tells the kids she went to the store for milk, but hours pass. So Greg eventually calls the police, asks if there were any accidents, have they seen anything, nothing. The next day, Tina's husband, Jeff, who I did get very worried because at first we saw them in B-roll on a swing together, but then Tina and Jeff are being interviewed separately, and I got very worried that they had a divorce, and I was like, don't do this to me, this is already sad enough, but then we see them walking on a bridge holding hands. And I was like, thank God. But I was on an emotional journey just with them in their B-roll shots. Oh. Jeff drives around for hours. He finds her red van at the Winn-Dixie parking lot. I had actually forgotten that Winn-Dixie was a real place and not just a movie with the dog. I had forgotten that. It is a real place. Never been? I would like to go. Did you forget that it was a giant supermarket? Because I associate Winn-Dixie with Piggly Wiggly, which are not large. I thought it would be a small thing. And this looked like the size of a Costco. It did look big. I thought Piggly Wigglies were like normal size grocery stores. With something, a name like Piggly Wiggly, it sounds small. It sounds wee. Stop and shop. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I think it's a regular size grocery store. When you come, we'll go. And you tell me. Is there a Winn-Dixie? No. And we just missed our chance in Florida. So great. Great job on us. We did go to Wawa though. So. Sure did. That was magical. Better than Disney World. (laughs) Yes, it is. So Andrea goes with Jeff to the parking lot of the Winn-Dixie. Poor Andrea. She looks freezing in her white superhero pants. And I was very worried a frozen iguana was just going to fall on our queen. Oh. Because it's Florida. Jeff looked in the van and he found Sherry there. And there's blood and she appears to be dead. Horrible. What in the world? And the van is, by the way, not parked. They mentioned this later, but the first thing I noticed is the van is very far from the entrance. Yeah, that's true. So Sherry was an air traffic controller. She was raised in a military family, very driven. She was a single mom with Jacob, her only son. And then she met Greg and was swooned over his dangly arrowhead earring and rocker hair. And he is in a rock band and in the Navy. And she thought that was super cool. Jeff thought he looked like the Fonz. Greg wishes. Let's not do Henry Winkler dirty like that. But they all thought he was very cool. So Sherry's a single mom with Jacob. Greg is a single dad with a son named Greg. And they don't call him Greg Jr. until much later. They just call him Greg. And I was like, do not do that to us on a Friday night dateline. It's been a long week. We're all tired. We are very easily confused. Did you rewind to see if they said Craig? Because I rewound to say, surely they said Craig. Surely. I said even Craig would be very confusing for a family to have Mm -hmm. a Craig and a Greg. That's a nightmare. But a Greg and a Greg that you don't call Junior or the second or something. No. By by his middle name, usually. In this, if you have to go by your middle name, don't you want your middle name to be something like Thunder? You want it to be like, (laughs) if you're doing a junior type name, families out there, just consider doing something wild for the middle name in case they go by it. Uh So Greg, the elder, and Sherry, 
fall in love, they get married. They have three more children together. So this is a blended family of five. Sherry, shortly after their last child was born, got deployed to Greece for a year, which is insane. And Greg wow. has to take care of all five kids at home. The spouses of military families, everyone is making so many sacrifices. Wow. Oh, my god! She goes to Greece for a year. She returns. And only five months later, she was killed, which feels not like a coincidence. You're correct. So Greg said... The van had been overheating earlier in the day, so he pulled it out into the shed and was tinkering with it. And then Sherry came out around 7.30 at night and said she was going to the store for milk. None of this makes sense to me. Did he fix it? Did they only have one car? Why is she taking the car that was overheating with the hood open that he's tinkering with? Thank you. I know there was an Uber then, but I'm just very confused. Did they need milk that badly? Yeah, what was the conversation? Wouldn't also the conversation maybe be, hey, if you've got that drivable, can you run and get some milk? Yeah, so- Not, I'm gonna go. With these- Or maybe it is, though, I have nine kids inside, or however many kids, <laughs> seven kids inside. I need to I get need away. I need a break. Your turn. You've been out here tinkering. Mm-hmm. It's time to go inside, pay the piper. Yeah. They all want different kinds of food. Right. Somebody can't eat hot dogs for some reason. Right. Yeah. Hot dog, hot dog. Somebody's screaming <laughs> and throwing their jello across the room. Hot dog, right. hot dog. You want a hot dog? You want a hot dog? You want dog? a hot dog? Calm down. You want a hot dog? Sorry for new listeners. That's from an that's old from episode. That's from Super Nanny. Funny. And it's the way to get your kids to calm down. If they're just out of control and <laughs> throwing a tantrum, you offer hot dogs in a Jersey accent and it works every time. <laughs> so Jacob said his mom went outside during dinner, didn't come back. Cousin Lisa said she was playing Barbies when there was a knock at the door and she screamed because it was dark outside. And I was like, Lisa, girl, I feel you. I had terrible anxiety as a child as well. I wrote, Kimberly, was this you? (laughs) (laughs) Someone knocks on the door for no other reason other than it's dark. Because the only way that makes sense is if all the kids are huddled together telling scary stories or watching something they're not supposed to be watching. Yeah. And then someone knocks at the door and then you scream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is so mean. So the person at the door was their babysitter, Jennifer, who's returning a lawnmower that she borrowed at night. No. What? No. Finally, Tina has to tell the kids what happened to their mom. And this was such a precious moment. It was heartbreaking. She said, where's the best place to be? And one of them said, heaven. And their little kid voice was probably like, heaven? And she's like, that's where your mom is. When is Tina telling them? She tells them the next. Sorry. So Jennifer comes the night before. That's another. It's a non sequitur. That's like the event. That was just what happened that night. Yeah. Tina tells them. Auntie Tina, mm-hmm. Tia Tina, your mom tells them gone. Yep. the next, that is an awful way to wake up. Yeah, it's horrible. Sherry had been shot twice in the head. They find a casing and a fragment. Her rings and her CB radio were gone. Nothing more about the CB radio. Why she had it, was that for her job? Would have liked more on that. Thank breaker, you. Breaker breaker one nine. Someone had pushed her body down onto the floor of the van so you couldn't see it unless you were like peering into the van. There are no cameras in the parking lot, but a Winn-Dixie employee had seen a woman in a van arguing with a man, man in a van arguing, but he only saw the people's shadows. He didn't see anybody's face. Remember that for later. Mm -hmm. So they go to talk to Greg because he's the husband. And as Andrea says, sometimes the simplest answer is the right one. And then the cop said, 
kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. And I was like, this is a great time to be alive. Occam's razor is having such a moment. I feel like Mm -hmm. I've been preaching it for years, and now it's been mentioned twice recently. There you go. So happy. And this cop's name is fabulous. Buddy. Buddy. He's very tan, even for Florida. He looks like his name. His name is Buddy Neesmith. Neesmith. There are some names in this episode, and he's one of them. Uh, And I liked Cop Buddy. I think he's a sheriff. Sheriff Buddy is even better. Yeah. So investigators find out that Greg was having an affair. Shocking. Here we go. With Jennifer, the babysitter. Now, to clarify, if you didn't see this, Jennifer, I don't know what age she is, but she's not an underage, like, 15-year-old. So that's very clear. She's like a grown-up. But it's still gross. Also, in case you forgot, Jennifer also was the one that brought the lawnmower by. Right. So she was a colleague of Greg's at the naval base. They worked in the same building. He asked her to come babysit the kids. So that's, we'll get more on that later. She says, yeah, I was just returning the lawnmower. And she was obviously mowing more than Greg's lawn. At 8.30 at night? 9.30. Should we make mowing the lawn a euphemism for boning? Returning the John Deere. Mowing returning the lawnmower lawn. is good, yeah. Yeah, returning the lawnmower. Your bleep is grass and I'm going to mow it, except in a sexual way. I'm going to fertilize <laughs> the back stoop. I'm going to sod I? that lady. Yeah, there's a lot of euphemisms that work here. <laughs> We're a clean rating podcast. So all of this started when Sherry was in Greece. And son Jacob- Not the musical, the country. I wish. Son Jacob said she would come over a lot and even would sleep over. And one time Jacob had come out of his room and found his stepdad Greg and Jennifer laying on the floor of the living room with a bottle of wine canoodling. And they quickly separated. But he knew something was up. He's like, I was a kid, but I was like 11. I knew that this was not He knew right. that there was a soil sampling happening. <laughs> There was something soiled happening, yes. Yeah. So when Sherry came back from Greece, she found out because sometimes children are liars, but sometimes out of the mouths of babes, they speak the truth. And young Tara, who was only three, said, why doesn't daddy love you anymore? And Sherry said, daddy loves me. And Terry goes, daddy loves Jennifer. So oh my. sometimes children do speak the truth, like when they point at your chin and say, you have a pimple, and you're like, thank you. You're very observant. Yeah, children and teenage boys. Exactly. Sherry tried to save the marriage, and we're seeing this anniversary card she gave him a month before she died about their vows and how her love for him continues to grow, and she's sorry for the mistakes she made. And I was like, don't apologize to him. But she was really trying to make this marriage work. But Mm. then she died. She got a military funeral with the gun salute and the whole thing. It's very sad. It sounds like it was beautiful, honestly. I like it when they describe the funerals. We get to know a little bit more about the person who died. Yeah. And it's really sweet. But then also, did you find it suspicious? They kept talking about how Greg was holding Tara the whole funeral. Yeah. That was odd. More on that. So, like, no one can hug him. Yeah, it did feel like a protection thing. Like, oh, don't come talk to me. Don't come ask me questions because I'm holding Tara. Don't accuse me of anything. Right. Right. It feels 
I don't know. Odd. I, I okay. agree. So investigators talked to Jennifer. By the way, the reason they found out that he was having this affair is because Sister Tina told them. Good for her, girl. So they go to talk to Jennifer, who says, yes, totally having an affair. By the way- Totally riding lawnmower. Yeah, I was riding his lawnmower. And if you find my prince in that van, it's because we have had sex in the back of that van on the side of a dirt road. That's too much information to be sharing. Yeah. So she says, but that night I really was just literally returning a lawnmower, although we did kiss. And good thing you knew that Sherry wouldn't be home, Jen. Interesting. So more on that Mm -hmm. later. Don't like this. So Sherry's van, as Katie pointed out, was parked far away from the entrance of the Winn-Dixie, with which Andrea points out like uh, the detective she is. She says, she's just running in for milk. You would just pull up towards the front and the, it wouldn't be crowded. It's not like it's a Sunday afternoon, which got me thinking, does Andrea do her own shopping with her six children and her five jobs? That's amazing and also terrifying. That sounds like a nightmare to me. Well, also, you'd have to be stopping every five minutes to talk to people who'd be like, I see you on Dateline. You're right. That's a whole nother element to add to it. But Andrea's kids, I'm sure, are perfectly well behaved because she's perfect. But for normal people, grocery shopping can be a nightmare. It is for me and I have no children and it's super stressful. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm super excited to skip the groceries and try Factor. Ooh. Factor is the new factor in my life. Factor delivers pre-prepared, ready-to-eat meals, which is music to my lazy ears, right to Mm -hmm. your door. I've been working with a dietitian for a long time. One of my main issues is that I really got in the habit of skipping lunch at my job. I would like work through and then be like, oh, I'm like so faint. I didn't eat lunch. I'm such a hard worker. And it's bad. And I still do it. I'd still skip lunch and then I overeat at dinner. So she suggested try having these prepackaged meals in your house, in your fridge, mm-hmm. no stress, and then maybe you'll be more likely to have lunch. So I'm super excited to try Factor because they have over 35 different options a week. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and more. They are ready to heat in like two minutes. And they have snacks, smoothies, breakfast, lunch, second lunch, (gasps) everything they've factored in. You are your best hobbit. Do it. Second (laughs) breakfast, third breakfast. Uh Uh-huh. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. The best part is it's super flexible. You can get six meals a week. You can get 10 meals a week. You can get 12 meals a week. You get 18 meals a week. And you can pause, reschedule anytime. I'm so excited to make Factor an important factor in my life. Yeah. Head to factormeals.com slash dateline50 and use code date. Dateline 50 to get 50% off. That's code date dateline 50 at factormeals.com slash date dateline 50 to get 50% off. Factor is the future of eating right. I love it. Yay. Thank you, Factor. We're so excited. Thank you, Factor. 
Katie, it's been raining a lot here, but whenever it does, I always feel very grateful that I have a roof over my head, and I also feel very badly for people who don't. I always think about them when it's a little bit chilly out. And did you know that socks, tees, and underwear are the three most requested clothing items in homeless shelters? Mm. This is why we love Bombas, because Bombas knows that, and they're doing something about it. They're making ridiculously comfortable socks, tees, and underwear, and they're donating one for every item sold. I love that. Unbelievable. If only they could take care of the cold and wet squirrels that I'm so worried about outside. That's a whole issue that I have though. You could give them a Bombas. Okay. You could give them a one Bombas sock. Okay. Just not a compression sock. I'm going to do it. Maybe a compression sock would be like um, a sleeping bag for them. No, like a little merino wool. Okay. With all the clothing brands out there right now, it's really nice to find some basics that don't just feel good, but do good too. I think they feel great. Yes. And Bombas is great for doing this. To date, Bombas's one purchased equals one donated commitment has helped customers donate over 100 million essential clothing items to people facing homelessness. That's a whole lot of great done by people just buying Bombas they wear every day. Once you try Bombas, you are going to know why so many people have purchased and hence Bombas has been able to donate so mm-hmm. many. Because the comfort geniuses at Bombas work tirelessly to make your everyday things your favorite things. Whether that's an arch-supporting sock that feels like it was literally sculpted for your foot. Or this buttery soft t-shirt with no itchy tag. I don't know how to describe it. It feels like wearing air. Yes. But it's like a really comfortable, good-looking, good-fitting t-shirt. My or underwear that also feels like air. I'm wearing them right now, but I kind of forgot that I was wearing. Exactly. Because it's air, but then at the same time somehow supports everything you need it to support. Also, if for some reason you don't like one of these amazing products from Bombas, they have a 100% happiness guarantee. It's really easy to get a free return exchange or replacement from Bombas. And if you have a fitness resolution this year, like I do, Remember, I'm walking this year. Oh, yeah. It's going well. I have done walking so far, actually. I have walked now. A walk has happened. I'm walking too. Half an hour every day. There you go. That's much better than I'm doing. I'm sorry. Bombas Athletic Socks are precision engineered for being active. They have sweat wicking power. They have impact cushioning. I don't know what that is, but I know I like it on my foot. Mm -hmm. They also have blister defense and no annoying toe seams to get in between you And your fitness goals. Also, right now, if you go to Bombas.com, they have a Venus Williams collab, which I don't know about you, but anything that Venus Williams is like, I'm putting my name on this Bombas sock. I want those socks because I want to be like Venus Williams. Will it make me play like Venus? We are athletes if we get those socks. Mm -hmm. So what are you waiting for? Get athletic, get comfy, just wear great fitting, great feeling basics and give back at the same time. If you want to do all those things, head over to bombas.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline for 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash date dateline and use code date dateline at checkout for the best basics you'll ever own. Bombas, 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 bombas. They're the Bombas.combust. Thank you, Bombas. We love you. We love you so much. Um, And also, they have a really cute garden party prints. I want everything they make. It's really bad. I'm not allowed on the website anymore, actually. So you guys go and buy in my name. (laughs) (laughs) So Sherry parked the van far away from the store. She also didn't bring her purse. So unless she was planning to shoplift from the Winn-Dixie, we have a problem. They bring Greg back in. 
and they fully jacuse him. It is you, Greg. You did it. Yeah. It's like that meme with the dog, the golden retriever, who's testifying in court. And he's like, you're going to effing jail, Greg. Th- th- that that <laughs> yes. meme that I love, this yeah. is actually that. So yeah. Greg denies it. And Sherry's family fully thinks it's him. And now we're seeing Jeff and Tina walking along with the boardwalk holding hands. And I was like, oh, thank God their marriage is not in trouble. I was way too worried. So Jeff and Tina say they had never really liked Greg. He was standoffish from the first time they met him. He was very money obsessed. And Mm. Jeff calls Andrea ma'am. And Jeff is like a captain or something. And I trust him. He came from a military ball. I trust his opinion on this. Greg was a jerk. They also didn't like that Greg was very controlling and Sherry was very submissive of him. Greg wouldn't let her wear makeup and hairspray, which is very bad. We don't like that. Don't tell women how to dress or look. However, it was the late 90s, early aughts, and that look was tragic. So maybe it was a good thing. It was not a good thing. My mom still has Aquanet in her car. That's fine because Joni gets to do that. What's not cool is to say to someone, I just want to be able to run my hands through your hair. Okay, so you don't have gel in your hair, Greg? Lies. If it was that time period, then he also had Dep gel or whatever in his hair. We're going to go on a journey with Greg's hair. Come along with we us. We are. And it also leads me to believe that he was wearing gel at that time. Greg's hair is one of the most disturbing things about this story. Wig! It's hard to talk about, but... I will be talking about it. So investigators try. They don't really have a lot of facts or evidence. They can't even prove that Greg ever had a gun that matched the caliber that they're looking for. Also, he's supposedly at home all night with the kids. If he wasn't at home all night with the kids and did do this, how did he get home from the Winn-Dixie? So they they just don't know how he would do this. So they go back to Jennifer. They call her in for to NCIS, very official, for an interview, but she denies talking to them. She's saying no to Mark Harmon and that one white guy and that other white guy and that lady with the bangs. I don't watch the show, but I know you can't say no to those people. So investigators are hoping that as time goes by, maybe Jennifer will flip or maybe the kids, their memories will, they'll remember something else from that night because really they just have no evidence right now. But how accurate is that going to be that suddenly something comes to them in a dream? I feel like that's less accurate. Well, not in court, but maybe it'll lead them to find some real evidence, you know? So Okay, I like that. The Mother's Day after the murder Tina, their aunt, brought balloons over for the kids and Greg yelled at her to get away, don't ever come back here. He was mad because he thought she had reported him for child abuse, which she said she didn't do, but later we learned that maybe she should have. And But also did she? Maybe she did, because she did tell the police that he was cheating around. So we are here for Tina being a blabbermouth. Tina, it's okay if you did. Basically, the family is completely estranged at this point. The cousins aren't talking to each other. And Greg tells his five kids the day after the murder, if the police or anyone wants to talk to you about your mom or what's happening, don't talk to them. It's family business, which is not super sus at all. The day after the murder. Wow. Yeah. Family business is code for I'm guilty. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. that inner circle, meet the Fockers. 
<laughs> no, we've also had several Dateline episodes called like family, family business. business or something close to that. It's not good. So Jacob now tells us that Greg was quite abusive to him and he was violent. He had an angry, angry temper. So that might be a angry temp. That might be a redundant. An angry temper? Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Hot tempered. Sure. Jacob and Greg Jr., who is Greg's biological son, and Jacob, who's the stepson, they start talking and they think that Greg killed Sherry. Even Greg Jr. thinks that his dad did it. They're saying things about his story don't make sense. He has this violent temper. Jacob was so scared of him that he slept with a knife under his bed. And he tried to protect his younger siblings, like the youngest Tara, by taking the brunt of the abuse. Now, Tara was completely sheltered from all of this. She didn't know. She thought her dad was so loving and not abusive at all. She is clearly the favorite. He spoils her, and they're like the closest out of all the kids. Did we get other girls saying the same thing? Sorry. Just Tara. Lisa doesn't say... Lisa was a cousin. Lisa was a cousin, yeah. Okay. No, I'm just wondering because I know that... I don't know how many females were in the family. I think they were mostly boys. So Greg's hair in these flashback photos of all the time that he spent with Tara, it's getting progressively and progressively more insane. By 2015, it is full-on gray feathered mullet. It looks like the owl that killed Kathleen Peterson. I think that's why he needed the lawnmower that night because it's how he cuts his hair. There are more layers in his hair than are in this case. Keep going, Kimberly. How many more bits can I do? I'm going to stop for now. It might be a wig. <laughs> Later on, we get info about a wig. And I was like, please, God, let his hair have been a wig this whole time. God, I ask you for so little. Please let this be a wig. I literally, once they said it, then I, that's all I could see. I was yeah. like, this is a wig. But no, it's such a shocking difference from the early pictures we see yeah. to then all of a sudden, gray Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. What's going on? Greg's hair journey is that he is in a journey cover band for senior citizens. Did he go gray in one fell swoop? Is that what happened? It's, you know how people just like turn gray yeah, overnight? Yeah, the guy from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Did this happen? Yeah. The guilt. The stress and the yeah. guilt? Maybe. I don't know. So Jennifer is now coming around all the time that Sherry is gone. The kids do not like her. And Tara, remember, is kind of a blabbermouth at three or four. I love it. She says that one time Greg is hugging both Tara and Jennifer, and he said something like, my two favorite girls. And Tara said, I thought mom was one of your favorite girls. And Jennifer walked off in a huff. Gross. Jennifer, this life is not for you. <laughs> you can't have jealousy issues and do this. No, I can't. So eight years after the murder, Jennifer and her two kids move in. So it's like a diabolical Brady Bunch in that house. And Jennifer gets rid of everything in the house that was Sherry's. But it doesn't last very long because in a few months, Jennifer moves out. However, they don't break up. They continue to date. This is the weirdest relationship ever. So a few years later, so now many years have passed, Tara is now 15. Her cousin messages her online and says, your dad killed your mom. Now, she had been completely sheltered from all of these rumors. 
She didn't know her dad was a suspect. She was a kid. She didn't know any of this. She goes to her dad. He plays dumb and denies the whole thing, and she totally believes him. Jacob is in college at this point, the oldest son, and he only sees Greg, who he hates, so that he can stay in contact with the younger siblings who are still living at home. In fact, when he gets married in 2015, he has to invite Greg to the wedding so that his siblings could come. And they have to pose for pictures with his stepdad and fixing his tie. And it's so gross, not just because he thinks Greg killed his mom, but because Greg's hair is peak mad scientist crossed with evil orchestra conductor crossed with corrupt alligator hunter at this point. (laughs) It's pretty good. It's a lot of Doc Brown, except no, it's more quaffed than that. It's very quaffed. It's sprayed. It's like he went to a salon on Murder, She Wrote and so got it done So the irony of the no hairspray after seeing this quaffed dew on him yeah. is really thick. Yeah, because he's like blow drying it out with the layers. With it's the a diffuser. full blowout. It's like every day. Yeah. That's a lot uh-huh. of work. So in 2017, new investigators take over the case. They go back and listen to the audio tapes of the kids being interviewed about that night from way back when. And on the tapes, Greg Jr. says, my dad took a shower that night, kind of weird because he usually showered in the morning. And he was in the shower for like 10 to 15 minutes. So the detectives start thinking, is that when he snuck out and drove the car to the Winn-Dixie? Jacob said... Mm. Back then, Greg does have that kind of gun that was the caliber. He describes it perfectly. He said he showed it to me a couple months before she died. So that's the most proof they can get with the gun is Jacob's word. Cousin Mm. Lisa says that that night she heard a pop outside the house like a firework or a bottle rocket that night. Wait, wasn't Lisa also the person that screamed when someone came to the door? (laughs) Yeah. Did she scream when she heard the pop or just was the door scary? Did she tell everyone? I heard something. I heard something. Right. She told the detectives right away when she was a kid. But I don't know if she screamed or was like, what was that noise? I'm sure she did. Lisa is like an alarmist and I love it. Lisa seems jittery. Yeah, she does. But she's me again. I don't hate her for it. But she's also playing Barbies, which makes me think that she's playing something scary with Barbies. The thing that's cute is she was like 10 at the time and Tara was three and she said she was playing Barbies with Tara. So I feel like she was a really nice older cousin. I'm just analyzing the family dynamics. That takes a lot of patience to play with a three-year-old if you're 10, you know? So Yeah, because sometimes a three-year-old just like hits the doll right, on the ground and yeah. you're like, no, we're going to a party. Right, they why she doesn't, why is she seizing? You establish rules for the world that the Barbies live in and they don't you have do. any rules. They don't. Yeah. And they don't know how to do hair. No. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) they don't. Uh So they go to talk to Jennifer again in 2017. She's now in Illinois because her and Greg have finally broken up. And so sad. I thought they were true love forever. Wait, how long did they date then? When did they break up? They started in 2000 or so and they dated until 2017 or so so 17 years yeah so she moves into the house yeah and then quickly moves out but they stay together but she didn't move into the house until eight years after the murder so 2009 but this is the weirdest 
relationship so I've ever bizarre. heard of. Yeah. Okay. All right. So she says to them about that night, I just get restless at night. Are you a cat on a hot tin roof? What does that mean? You get restless at night. So she's like Blanche Devereaux. I get restless at night. I hear the cicadas chirping and I have a mint julep out on the porch. I just get so restless. It's a bit like Jessica Lange in American Horror Story. Exactly. So she says, I finished mowing my lawn and I brought the mower back. Stop it. At Don't 9.30 at night, Florida. So they ask, do you think it's possible that Greg was involved with this murder? And she says, it's always possible. The husband's the first one you look at. So she watches Dateline. Also, she thought he was involved and stayed with him for 17 years. Also, she moved her children in with a murderer. So they finally arrest Greg. Now this mugshot, his hair, the layers the white, gray, the Fu Manchu mustache, the cold, dead eyes. I don't know what's the most disturbing. Yes, I do. It's the hair. He's doing that eagle from the Muppets where you frown and <laughs> yes! look under your eyebrows at, what's his, that bald I eagle gotta name? I got to do a side by side with his that eagle. His name is Fred Eagle. No. That can't be right. That sounds filthy. <laughs> we d- Definitely not Fred Eagle. They did not name him that. Sam Eagle. Sam, yeah. He is doing that face a little bit, that bird face where you look out. And Dateline shows it in a very hilarious way because they do shade him in this moment with the mugshot. They show it way too long. Yeah. And then they don't show it. And then they go back to showing it. And it like pops up on the screen like a little too zoomed in. And you're just like, oh my God. Way too zoomed in. It's like when Dennis held up the new head who dis. Dateline editing team. Great job. Four stars. (laughs) So everyone is excited that he's been arrested, except for Tara, who still believes in her dad. Oh, and Tara seems lovely. It's really hard. It's hard. She's in a horrible situation. So Jennifer decides to come on Dateline and sits down with Andrea. Shocked. Oh, my Lanta. I was not expecting this. Why did you do this? Well, I I I do want to know why. I was very curious about that as well. But then later, I think I got my answer. So Really? Yeah. So she sits down with Andrea and she says, Greg was my coworker. He asked me to babysit for the kids. So one night I go over, babysit for the kids, and he kisses me. And then we have sex. No, Andrea asks her. She goes, did you sleep together that night? Yeah. And she says, yes. Now, on this point, if I was Jennifer, I would have lied. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. No, but not for much later. Not till much later. No. First night with the children there. We did not. We only kissed and I was so surprised and I didn't know what to do. Right. So I left and went home. No. Nope. That's the only answer you need to give to that question. I don't know if we need your brutal honesty. I honestly don't know. She is being if we honest. Need it. Yeah. Yeah. So Andrea says, so at this point, Sherry is in Greece. You, Jennifer, are also in the Navy. You understand the sacrifice that people are making to serve this country. How did you do this? Because Andrea is a military spouse. She does not take kindly to this. She also hates cheaters in general, and doubly so when it involves the service. So she is going hard at Jennifer. And Jennifer says, I didn't know he was married. I did a spit take. Andrea also is like, Bisque, please. She says, so he has five children at home that he wants you to babysit for. You don't ask if there's a mom. 
You don't see photos of her in the house. None of the children mentioned mom. And Jennifer says, no, not really, no. And Andrea says, maybe you just didn't want to know, which is way nicer than what I would have said. Honestly, Jennifer, I would respect you more if you just said I knew he was married and I didn't care because you are insulting all of us with this stupid lie right now. So she's lying about the wrong stuff is what's happening. She's not lying when she needs to lie. Exactly. And then lying about something that's so blatantly, you're lying to Andrea Canning, Mm -hmm. obviously, which is really bad. Why? I think Jennifer is a few lawnmowers short of a full box, if you know what I'm saying. This is bad. At this point, Jennifer was a divorced or divorcing single mom who is pregnant with another man's child when she starts sleeping with Greg. I cannot with Jennifer. As Mank would say, if bad decisions were money, Jennifer would be a Rockefeller. Wow. So she felt badly about herself. I can understand that. He made her feel desirable. Ladies, raise your standards. I can't. So Mm. they don't hide their affair in front of the kids when Sherry is in Greece. Andrea says, you know, Jacob, the son, has a memory seared in his brain of when he caught you two on the floor. And Jennifer said, I didn't know it affected him so much. Oh, Jennifer. As our southern friend Mary Payne would say, bless her heart. Yeah. So Greg would tell her, oh, don't worry about the kids. They won't remember. So she's just blaming him. Yeah. Okay. She's also a parent and pregnant. So This is really weird. Sherry comes back from Greece. They didn't stop their affair. They would drive around in the van just doing it on the side of dirt roads or go to a hotel. And... Jennifer says she didn't know if Sherry knew or not about the affair, but she felt bad. And Andrea just cuts her right off and says, with all due respect, which usually means you're about to be very disrespectful. Which also means bless your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're a grown woman, Jennifer. And she uses her name. Jennifer. She does. You're a grown woman and you can end things. And Jennifer says, sure, it's just... If you end it, he's supposed to stop coming over, but he would still come over. So there was no ending things with him. What does that mean? That's not even an excuse. So you didn't try to end it is basically what you're saying. Because he didn't want to end it. Because he didn't. Okay. So like George Costanza, when you're breaking up a relationship, both people have to turn their keys like launching a submarine. And he didn't want to turn his key. But you don't know that because I don't think you ever actually tried to break up with him. You're just saying this is what would have happened if I had broken up with him. But you don't know that because you didn't break up with him. Again, lying about the wrong things. If at any point she had said I was scared of him, I would feel more badly for her. But she never says that. No, no. It's so blatantly obvious by this interview that she wanted the affair to continue and she wanted to be with him and would like him to divorce his wife. Absolutely. What she would like to happen is for her to be the mom of his only woman. Absolutely. And so what I don't understand is why she feels the need to divulge the things about, well, we would drive around and then go to hotel rooms. You don't need to answer every question they're asking. I know. You can say, I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah. She's decided what things will make her look bad and they're the wrong things. A hundred percent. And then it goes to lie about, yeah, I felt bad. You clearly did not feel bad. I don't think you felt bad for one second. There's no emotion in her voice talking about Sherry. 
Every time she gets any sort of emotional, it's something that had to do with her. She gets emotional? When does she get emotional? Not even, but like at one point, you're like, oh, is she maybe upset? But it's about something that happened to her. And I know it seems like we're madder at her than we are at Greg. It's only because Greg isn't there for us to yell at. We would be yelling at Greg, too. I was hoping Greg would get an interview. Yeah, I want to yell at Greg. I was really, really hoping that he'd get an interview. I think this is shocking also because we are women. Yeah. But Andrea is giving us the interview we need. So kudos to Andrea because she does not let her off the hook at all. And I think Jennifer maybe thought because Andrea was a woman, she might be kinder and softer, which is a mistake everyone makes on Dateline. Boy, are you wrong. Especially the male killers. They show up thinking that Andrea is going to be a sweet little, nice little cookie. And she pulls out the tough questions and they always look shocked. And it's amazing. So Jennifer makes up this thing about how she can't break up with him. And then she says, Greg starts to say, I've already been through a divorce and I don't want to go through with that again. It would be easier to just kill Sherry. Now, there are lots of things that I've already done that I don't want to do again. Go to the DMV, watch a presidential debate, wear orange. But sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do more than once. Sometimes you got to do things twice. You could do the divorce twice. You're not going to kill someone just because you don't want to do the divorce, except Greg does. And Jennifer says the thing everyone says on Dateline, I didn't think he was serious. I told him the kids need their mother, so he can't do it. But I also didn't think he was serious. This is brilliant because Andrea catches it right away. Did you think he was serious so you told him he can't do it? Or did you not think he was serious and was never going to do it? He kept bringing it up and was being very specific about plans. And she's like, no, I just didn't think he was going to do it. Because she keeps changing the goalpost as well as Andrea keeps pushing on this. Because she keeps saying, but you didn't think he was serious, but he's doing this and Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And then what Jennifer decides to do is, well, no, but I mean, I didn't actually think he would go through with it. So it's not that you didn't think he was serious. It's then that you didn't think he would actually be able to go through with it, even though he's military trained, you you still were like, I don't think he would actually go through with it. Right. You're lying. Yeah. So that night, he calls her and he says, come to the Winn-Dixie, pick me up and drive me home. So now we know how he got home. She comes to the Winn-Dixie. She says she doesn't look in the van. She says he has a wig on. And they're driving and he threw it out the window. And that's when I got very excited, hoping that the rest of his hair was a wig. But it's sadly, no, it's his real hair. Andrea says, so are you thinking to yourself, oh, my God, Sherry is dead in that van? And Jennifer says, no, I was thinking, how did I get myself into this? Yeah, you were only thinking about yourself. It's only shocker. Jennifer is only thinking about herself. Boy, I've never seen someone need a media coach like you need a media coach. Yeah. You need someone to be like, make this about this. Yeah. But she doesn't know how because she literally never thought about Sherry once in all of this. So she doesn't even know how to fake it now. It's very obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you look really bad. Yeah. So she drops him off at the house and he goes in the back. And then she was told by him to wait for five minutes and then she's to go knock on the door, scare the crap out of poor Lisa (laughs) playing Barbies and establish an alibi because he'd be like, oh, I was just in the shower, you know? So she's fully part of the plan, the cover up after. And he gives her some bags of clothes and things that she's supposed to get rid of. 
So Andrea says what we're all thinking. How did you live with yourself? Again, Andrea is not holding back. At all. And Jennifer says, one day at a time. Like she is a recovering alcoholic. Jen, she says, you just get up every day and you just live with it. Like she's the survivor of a terrorist attack. Like she just want every day. You just like she's literally a survivor. No, like she's the victim. Yeah, like she's the victim. You just get up every day and you live with it and you do your best. You're so brave, Jen. I can't. I'm trying to think of something worse she could have said. I know. It's been so hard for me. It's really eaten me up inside. These kids don't have a mom now. Do you understand? The only thing that would have made this worse if she said, if it wasn't for my online community. (laughs) If she had said that. And then gone on to talk about either Scientology. Right. Or like CrossFit. If I hadn't had my gym. If I hadn't had my CrossFit family. If I didn't have my CrossFit family and got to go to CrossFit five times a week. Or if she hadn't said, but I really turned my life around. Now I own my own business. And And it's an MLM. And it's LuLaRoe. Yes. Right. It's LuLaRoe or it's some sort of shakes. Yes, she is, no, like the patches, the any kind of MLM. Yeah. Beach body. And I won a cruise because I had so many upsells and this many people right. under me. I'm mm-hmm. really thriving right now. So dreams do come true and everything happens for a reason. Like something like that, like Sherry's not dead. If she had just spoken in platitudes yeah. and then, yeah. I manifested the life yeah. that I wanted and I achieved it. I can't. So I one day at a time, she's getting up, putting her pants on one leg at a time, like putting the her little le- leggings on one day at a time, it's like the hero she is. And so Andrea just keeps pushing because she could just can't believe it. She says, did you think about the children that lost their mom? And Jennifer says, yeah, I felt very guilty. So she moved in with her kids and then she starts bragging about all of the household duties that she took over for the three months that she moved in with her children. Also, don't act like you did it for the kids. You moved in eight years after the murder. They were without a mother in the home that entire time. But now you're acting like you did it to take care of these poor children that lost their mother. And she's like, I did the laundry and I got the kids dressed and I did this. And then Andrea's like, what happened? She goes, I went insane. (laughs) Because having seven children is not as much fun as I thought it would be. And Andrea's like, tell me about it. Yeah. And then she whips out her wallet and like her cascade of photos. Of uh-huh. her, She's like, and look at children. this five Hallmark movies I wrote. Also, my husband has a career. I have a full-time job. I travel to interview murderers. Also, six children. Thanks. And women like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she wanted this life and then she had it for like three months. And she's like, peace out. Bye. I still want the man. I don't want the kids anymore. Change your mind. So... Andrea says there are going to be some people at home like Katie and Kimberly. Probably everybody on Twitter. (laughs) Everybody on Twitter. I am sure. You're Uh, about to get just, I hope you're not online much. I mean, well, she is because she has her community of CrossFit and LuLaRoe family. Not all heroes wear (laughs) leggings. So Andrea says there are going to be people at home who will say she wrecked a family. She knew about a murder before it happened. She helped cover up a murder after. She's a shameful woman. And Andrea doesn't correct any of these. She's not like, 
but that's not true. You're a no. She's like, she just no. states it. Some people are going to think this. Please and, respond. Yeah. <laughs> and Andrea is like reading her for filth, as the queens would say. Yes, she is. What does she say to that? Andrea says, do you care what people think? And Jennifer says, not anymore. I'm sorry. I made some bad decisions. Okay. None of those are actually bad decisions. Bad decisions are eating eggs after their expiration date. Oh. Or feeding your cat dry food. Those yes. are bad decisions. Chips all day. All day chips. For the That's cats? what that's like. Mm-mm. And my cats are getting older, just like me. And as I age, for my own health, it's very important to eat healthier. It's also vitally important for my cats to eat healthier. Mm-hmm. As their human caretaker, it is up to me that they have the happiest, healthiest life because they make me so very, very happy. And that's why I love that this podcast is being sponsored by Small's Cat Food. Yay! Small's Cat Food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients that you literally find in your fridge and it's delivered right to your door make it your new year's resolution to get your cat eating healthier with smalls smalls was started back in 2017 by a couple of guys just home cooking cat food in small batches for their friends and a few short years later they have served millions of meals to cats around the world including my four kitties yay after starting my cats on smalls which by the way they liked right away sometimes i have to be really really clever with food changeovers they liked it immediately They loved Smalls. They loved the bird and the other bird flavors specifically. But lately, they have really loved the smooth fish, which is a fish pate. And by the way, the fish pate has pumpkin in its ingredients. So if you have a kitty that needs that extra pumpkin additive, and you know what I mean, I'm talking about constipation kitties. It's a really helpful addition that they put that in the fish formula. Also, speaking of litter box time, one of the many benefits of smalls is I have seen way less stinky litter boxes, which is very much appreciated. So a tip of the hat to you, smalls. A tip of the hat. And after making the switch to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements like that, which is really impressive. That's a big deal. 90%? Huge. The team at Smalls is so confident that your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they will refund you if your cat won't eat their food. But trust me, if my finicky kitties will eat Smalls, your cats will love it. It's 2024. Are you still feeding your cat chips? I'm talking about kibble. Then head to smalls.com slash date dateline and use the promo code date dateline at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you're going to find out there, but you have to use our code date dateline for 50% off your first order. One last time, promo code date dateline for 50% off your first order at smalls.com slash date dateline plus free shipping thank you so much smalls for making it a smalls world after all at Aww. my house oh me and ulysses thank you and ulysses is asleep in my lap right now or i would have her meow but she's very peacefully sleeping and she's got her little paws meow. that's from ulysses thank you smalls Katie, I've spoken many times about how hard sleeping is for me. Sometimes it takes me forever to fall asleep. I'm up in the middle of the night and then I sleep too late and I wake up feeling gross and my hair looks like Greg's and it's a bad situation. Yeah. I didn't know, though, that you could learn to sleep better. 
with a hatch restore. I'm so excited to talk about hatch again. It teaches your body when it's time to sleep and wake up, creates nighttime and morning routines for you so that you can prioritize rest. I honestly think that people are so stressed and not sleeping now. There will be way less datelines if everyone was getting a good night's sleep. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, not for us, but nice for people. Yeah. And you can customize your bedtime routine with special colors of light that are so gorgeous. They look so classy in your bedroom and audio cues. In the morning, wake up whatever way you want to. There's all these different options. Like you could wake up with audio cues, like noises, like raindrops. Yes. If you want to wake up cozy. Or they have meditations that you can wake up to. Nice. Or there's like a guide that will walk you through gentle movements that you can stretch in your bed to start off your day fresh. That sounds luxurious. I know. With Hatch Plus membership, you can get so much exclusive content. They have this new thing called Pillow Talk that I'm obsessed with even more than I'm obsessed with 90-day Pillow Talk with Kenny and Armando. This Pillow Talk is these different hosts talking about all these different topics in a way that makes you go to sleep. So there's like a true crime lady that talks about true crime. There's a deadpan British comic who's talking about all the local funny news stories. Yes. There's two friends talking about sports, whatever you're interested in, and it's in a way that makes you go to sleep. This is perfect for me because I love hearing people talk when I'm going to sleep. I usually would have on YouTube videos, but the light would keep me awake from the screen or the sound would go up and down. Someone would scream or laugh and then I would totally wake up or it would autoplay to the next. Oh, totally. The next video is like a rock video or something. Right. Like I go ASMR video and then the next one's a rock video. Pillow Talk is designed to help you fall asleep and it makes falling asleep more fun and less stressful for me because I know I'm going to be listening to something that I really enjoy. 83% of customers report improved sleep. Wow. And they have a 60-night money-back guarantee. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash date date line. So visit hatch.co slash date date line to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash date date line. Hatch yourself a new sleeping routine and change your life. Love it. Thank you so much, Hatch. Thank you, Hatch. Also, it's gorgeous. It looks really classy in your bedroom. It's so fancy. I love it. So now we find out that Jennifer stayed with Greg. We're now getting the timeline. Andrea says it's almost two decades. Unclear if it's 17 years, somewhere in that. It's not like she broke up with him after the murder. This is what's important. She stayed with him for so many years after. They just broke up. So like you stayed with him throughout his terrifying hair journey. You're not sorry. You were never sorry. About the hair? No, she encouraged it. No, about the murder. Well, she- definitely, we know that. <laughs> so wait, when did they break up? Again, I think 2017. When he was arrested? Somewhere around. No, no. They had broken up before that because they went to talk to her and she had moved to Illinois. Not uh, much Not before. much, though, I don't think. Also, again, she knew he did this. She moved her children in to live with him, a murderer. Can't get past that. Mm-hmm. There's so much. Ladies, raise your standards. I want to have sympathy for her, but she makes it very difficult. I just have questions about the moving in, the period after when they're still together, but she's not there anymore. Yeah, they just decided living together didn't work. But they're still together. Yeah. 
I have questions on both sides for that. Yeah. So the new investigators offer her full immunity to testify against Greg, which is why she's being so honest about her part in covering up this murder. I really don't like that. Because she can say whatever she wants. Do you like that? No. I feel like that's a mistake, but I don't know. I feel like she should be in jail. I do give her props for coming on Dateline, I guess, but I think, again, she thought Andrea was going to be a lot nicer. I don't know why she came on. Because Dateline doesn't pay. I will get to that. Why My theory as to why I think she came on. I can't wait. So in 2022, the trial started. And Jacob testifies for the prosecution. He hasn't had to face Greg since his wedding seven years before. Mm-hmm. Jacob's wedding. That has to be tough. We learn in the trial that two months before the murder, Greg sent Jennifer an article about how to beat a lie detector test. Okay. And it talked about Chandra Levy in the article. Ooh. They were planning this. At least Greg was planning it. This is just... Jennifer testifies, and she says, some people are going to believe me, some aren't. It's out of my control. So, But she's very like, let go, let God. People are going to like me, or they're not going to like me. I can't control it. Whatever. That apathy, it drives... It's You have to care. You have to care. Show that you care. Show that you feel bad. You're saying the words... And I don't believe any of it. And I just don't think that you understand how unlikable that is. That I'm just me. Yeah, I'm just a Capricorn. I can't change it. This is horrible. I think I say that on the 90 day people because they are just like, I am who I am. I can't change. He should love me exactly as I am. I'm just a Scorpio. That's such BS. You have to want to self grow and improve and just not be like, I'm just this way. I was born this way. It's... I understand the sentiment, but people take it too far. They do. They go, it's they too go, far. do you feel bad? And they say, yeah, but no regrets. I can't change the past. So I'm just living That's in the future. That's such an unhealthy attitude. You're just going to be a terrible person. You Please have, don't do you that. Sh- so- should have some regrets. If you were involved in the murder of someone, you should have regrets. On this, you need regrets. Yeah. Sometimes no regrets is not the way to live. It's really bad, and it makes you so unlikable on uh-huh. the interview. It's just you've really nailed every nail in the coffin here, girl. Yeah, literally. So Jennifer takes Andrea to where she disposed of all of Greg's stuff that day, and it's a river. Why? I didn't need this. I don't want Andrea out there with her. I know. I, don't like I this. was like, please don't go near water. Also, there's a dog, and this dog is in the background, and there's a lady feeding the dog, like making it sit for treats. But then there's a drone shot and the dog runs up to Andrea and Jennifer as they're talking and sits down like next to them on the dock. So is the dog Jennifer's? And was that lady like a helper, but then failed at keeping the dog out of the shot? Or (laughs) because the dog is in all the shots. I don't know what's happening. What kind of dog dog. is that? A huge, fluffy, gorgeous dog. Andrea's dog. No, because they're in Florida. Andrea doesn't live in Florida. Well, neither does Jennifer. Not anymore. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's just that lady was walking her dog at the and time. And then the dog ran away, ran towards the shot, and instead And of- the dog ran up and was just being cute. Let's go with that. Let's leave the dog in the shot when Jennifer is explaining how she threw away a murder weapon. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> because this it. is horrible. So I'll take it. 
it really does. It makes the whole thing much better. Anything's better with the dog. Leave the dog we in the We could shot. have used the dog during Jennifer's interviews. It would have, it's, you know, like an emotional support animal. We all yeah. needed one during Jennifer's interviews. I also don't believe this. I don't believe what she's telling right now. When she's talking about what was she was throwing away, because it seems like she doesn't know what was in the go bag or whatever that she well, was throwing Well, she says away. it was his clothes. It was the CB radio that he had stolen to make it look like a robbery and the gun. And she threw them all in the river. And that was it. She didn't look too closely at anything. Well, why would she look that closely? Why wouldn't you look closely? Jennifer has not an ounce of curiosity in this world. She doesn't ask questions. It's just so obvious that you just wanted Sherry erased from everything that we've heard. Yeah. You don't want her brought up. Yeah. We'll find out later even more. Yeah. Now, they search the river for the gun, but they never find it because this happens way after that she tells Which them also this. is weird, though, Kimberly. So, That's weird that you're not finding. No, but it's been like 20 years. So a gun is eroded at the bottom of the river? A river moves. A river moves, baby. A gun? Yeah. Rivers have currents. There's one storm. That gun is miles away. I'm suspicious of this. They're never finding it. I have questions for people who know about currents and rivers. Okay. We've seen human bodies travel in rivers. What's going on with Scott Peterson? <laughs> That's a different story. There's a That's lot. That's for another time, but yeah. I have some questions about that too. Yeah, we all do. So the defense attorney says he doesn't buy Jennifer's story. This is... Oh, the defense attorney. Greg's defense attorney. His name is Chris Crawford. The defense attorney says he doesn't buy Jennifer's story. They also say during the trial... We, I don't know if I do either. That's fair. She's changed it a couple times. They also blame law enforcement. They say law enforcement did a bad job. There was DNA found on Sherry's shorts that didn't match her or Greg. Now, I probably have lots of unknown DNA all over my clothes. That just happens from being out in the world. There were lots of children around the house. I was going to say, did it match any of the children? Right. That doesn't seem that suspicious to me. It wasn't like on her underwear. It was on her shorts. Was it blood DNA? Was it DNA from a blood droplet on her shorts? No, I don't think so. So the jury deliberates for two hours and is deadlocked. I can't tell you. That's not even the length of Oppenheimer you debated about a murder. They go to the judge and he's like, That's not even the length of Oppenheimer that you (laughs) debated over a murder. Go back in there and try again, please. That's ridiculous. And they try again. They still can't make a decision. So they come back deadlocked. Apparently, it was 10 to 2 for conviction. So there are two people who just don't think he did it or don't think they proved it. And will not be convinced no matter how much time. Right. So the second trial starts. Jacob and the cousin, Lisa, that heard the pop testify. Well, now, this is interesting because the difference between the first and second trial is really important because Chris Crawford seems really excited that they get a second bite at the apple or whatever phrase he uses for this thing, right? Yeah. Because the first trial, I don't know what the defense used mainly. What was their main defense in the first trial? I don't know, but they have a whole new theory, a whole new thing. They use the DNA. They use the DNA and they use some of the stuff yeah, of law enforcement. Yeah, they just don't believe Jennifer and law enforcement was dumb. But I was yelling at the TV, excuse me, Chris Crawford, you absolutely need to be saying that Jennifer did this crime. Right. 
Because that is your best defense. I was yelling right. during the first trial. So they're going to do it during the second one. Because they should have done it during the first. Yeah. That's the clearest way. If you really want a, re- a actual mistrial, yeah, it's smart. not just whatever happened here, that's how to do it. It's, abs- it's very smart. So Jacob, cousin who heard the pop, they testify. Greg Jr. says he saw his dad using a metal detector in the backyard and digging around, and they think that he was looking for that missing shell casing. Mm. And of course, he's a detectorist. Also, I saw a detectorist at the park the other day, and I took a picture, and I was so excited. You took a picture of him? Just from of, of me being like, oh my God, but then I didn't post it. Just, I never see detectorists out in the wild. Did you talk to them? No. Why? I did want to be like, what you looking for? But he he's in the zone. That's his piece. Oh, with the headphones on. Yeah, like I don't want to bother him. Oh, like, yeah, you don't want to be that person. I'm at the park. I'm not there to talk to people. I'm there to listen to Watch What Crap Ends and, you know, get my steps in. Understand. So there is also a money motive for Greg. She had $250,000, a quarter of a million in life insurance. Mm. There we go. Jennifer takes the stand again. She says Greg told her details about that night, that he had shot her once and she didn't die, but he realized he couldn't go back because he had already shot her in the head. So he shot her once more to kill her. The defense now again blames the police. They didn't test the shell casing until 2006 and they used glue to get fingerprints off the shell casing. And I guess that ruined the DNA that he says they just did a very bad job. Did they get fingerprints off the shell casing with the glue? Unsure. Okay. They didn't because we would have heard. Right. All right. Tara testifies for her dad. Yeah. And she says that Jennifer doesn't want photos of Sherry around. It seemed very jealous of Sherry after she was dead, which leads right. to the defense straight out saying that Jennifer is the killer. They say Jennifer is sleeping with a married man. She's going through a divorce with her husband and is pregnant with another man who wants nothing to do with her. I can't imagine why. She seems great. They say she was desperate and broke. She wanted Sherry's life, so she took it. And Tara thinks that this is true. She thinks that Jennifer is the killer. Again, I feel so bad for the situation that you're in, but you were three years old. I don't think you have a full understanding of what was happening. But you did pick up on some things. You did pick up on how jealous Jennifer was of Sherry, for sure. But I don't think that means she killed her. You didn't see a lot of abuse that was happening with your siblings because you were three and they hid you from it. Again, I feel really bad for the situation she's in. Uh, yeah, she's in a tough call. But but I just think her memory, her brain wants to protect the one parent she has left. So her brain is going to yeah. want to make Who's him, been nice to her. Who's been nice to her. So her brain is going to want to deny all those things. Well, she says clearly in Dateline that she wasn't really there even to defend him as much as speak to what she saw from Jennifer in the house. She was really there as a character eyewitness to Jennifer. Exactly. So they were pushing that point hard. Then they bring on a problematic moment. They bring on the Winn-Dixie employee who testified that he heard someone arguing, oh, it's you. Why don't you leave us alone? And now he says he heard a pop, pop sound. The mere fact that you call it pop, pop tells me you're not ready. <laughs> so. Tells me you don't remember. I'm just kidding. No, I don't know. I, the pop, pop, I don't know. The argument, maybe. 
he never said anything about this pop pop 20 years ago, but right. now he's saying it. So now they can say she was murdered at the Winn-Dixie in a parking lot at 730 of a grocery store and no one heard and no one called the police. Mm. So now they can confuse the jury. Look over here. She wasn't murdered at home. She was murdered here. And Jennifer did it. And this guy says he saw a guy there, but it wasn't Greg. Even though 20 years ago, right when it happened, he told the police the people were in shadow. I couldn't see their faces. I don't know who it was. Now, 20 years later, he knows that it wasn't Greg. Of course he does. Think about this. Who got to this Winn-Dixie employee? He's corrupt. Kimberly, of course he knows it's not Greg. He knows it's not Greg because he looks at Greg in the courtroom who looks like a completely different human. That's true. Greg has now grown his then. hair So he's out. like, I do not know this mad scientist yeah. here today, uh-huh. Your Honor. I have Slash never seen this man before in my life because I would never forget. Alligator hunter. You would never forget Edgar Winter or whatever aging rocker mm-hmm. that you've seen. Slash the evil conductor from the money pit. Yeah, here we go. I would not forget his face, and I don't know this man. Then the defense goes, maybe it could have been Jennifer, the man that you saw. She's in the military. She might wear her hair back, or maybe she had short hair. He said it was, she doesn't sound like a man. He heard the conversation. Okay, you got to believe what people say right when the crime happens, not 20 years later, when they've been reading stories and their families have been talking to them. This is just ridiculous. So now I get why Jennifer is coming on Dateline. My theory is that she now feels like she has to defend herself against people thinking she's an actual murderer because she thinks what she did in the cover-up is not that bad. And being Mm. a murderer in this trial, that's bad. So that's why she wants to go on and defend herself. Okay. She tells Andrea, I could never take a life. Hun, you sort of did because you didn't stop a murder. That's also a weird way to say that, by the way. I could never take a life. Why don't you just say I could never kill someone? I didn't do it. Using weird wording makes you seem guilty. I would never kill my wife. Did you kill your wife? I could never do something like that. Right, Did you do it? Why would you even ask me something like that? You're not saying no. Yeah. So this time the jury deliberates for nine hours. And Greg is found not guilty. I'm not surprised. I was shocked. Oh, really? Even oh. though they don't have a lot of evidence, they have a ton of circumstantial evidence, but they really confuse the jury with this Jennifer thing. Whatever the lawyer says right now, it's the, the reasonable doubt box. What does he call it? He, I'll tell you. Very- okay. So okay. only Tara is happy, by the way. We at home all had flames on the sides of our faces. Andrea straight out asks... Chris Crawford, the defense attorney, do you think Greg is innocent? And he says, from a legal standpoint, yes. And Andrea says, what does that mean? And he says, great question. At least he didn't say great question, Andrea, because I don't, I wouldn't like that. I wasn't that mad at Chris. I thought he did a good job. He didn't do the right job. He did his job. I know everyone deserves a Solid defense. I absolutely know that. I also kind of respect right now that he answers the actual question sort of honestly. So he says, if you put these facts into a reasonable doubt computer, I think it would come out as reasonable doubt. And Andrea says, okay, but do you think your client is innocent? And he says, 
I waver on that. Some days I think it looks really bad like he did do it. And then some days I think he absolutely didn't do it. Even his own defense attorney thinks that he did it, essentially. Absolutely. That's bad. I appreciate him saying that because otherwise he would have just been lying. We would have been all like eye roll. But at least he's like, maybe. Yeah. And again, I know that's his job. That's his job. If he didn't do a good job and Greg was found guilty, Greg could appeal and say he didn't have good counsel. I know he had to do his best, even if he thought the guy was guilty. But that's a horrible job to have to do. He also seems like one of those lawyers that really just cares about the law, the letter of the law. The reasonable doubt machine made that very clear. Yeah. I'm trying to get to this. So what equation am I doing to get to this? Yeah. And it's just, it's a shame because justice needs to happen too. Yeah. I personally couldn't do that job. But I know, again, that's his job. That's his job. Everyone gets that according to the law. I totally understand that. Save your letters. This was the best defense. Easily. It was handed to him. Jennifer gave him a really good reasonable doubt ticket. Yeah. But Andrea is just blinking at him at this point. Yeah, I'm sure she is. Yeah. She's like, I cannot believe his lawyer just basically said she th- he thinks he did it. Yeah, I am kind of surprised that he said, I don't know if you're allowed. Well, maybe. I don't know. The case is over. Case He's is over. not guilty. Yeah. So Greg still lives in that house. That's weird. That's straight up weird. Why? Because it's paid off, probably. I don't know. He's And he's so concerned with money. Maybe he thinks there's evidence still there. He doesn't want to sell the house because something might be found in the backyard. I don't know. Maybe. So Tara Maybe. says that he's having a hard time. Yeah, I'll bet. Sorry, not sorry. And Tara moved in with him. She did. To basically to like, take care of him in that house? In that house, no. yeah. Well, she has good memories in that house. So this part's sad. Jacob and Tara haven't spoken since the verdict. And Jacob says, I'm just angry still, but I understand her position. She doesn't want to lose her only parent that she has left. I'm still very angry, but maybe we can reconnect one day. And Andrea tells Tara that. And Tara says, I'm ready whenever he is. Jacob has always been one of my biggest supporters in life. And I was like, why won't you believe him then? Why won't you believe about the abuse that he suffered and the horrible things? I wish it's Mm. a horrible position. No, I think she believes him. I think she's torn up. I think she probably maybe believes that part of it. We don't know if that's all wrapped together. Yeah. I think she can't get there with her dad. Yeah. It's self-protection. Sometimes those blocks are there for a reason. Yeah. I'm not a psychologist, but. Yeah, I I think she's blocking out some things. I think that's okay. Because I don't think she lived in that house where there was that horrible abuse going on and she didn't know. I think she blocked it, yeah. it out. I mean, I think there might be a part that does know. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. It's a sad situation. Yeah. They can't have a relationship. Yeah. I think they can, though. I think they can. It just will take I, some time. I think there's a way forward in this. Yeah. So people who we do know who they are, we do have a relationship with. We do trust them, appreciate them, are two of our listeners, Alexandra P. and Julie M., What do I say about you, ladies? We say that if we were to put your names in the reasonable greatness machine, Mm -hmm. that the reasonable greatness machine would say not reasonable, extraordinarily great. And we'd be like Vanna White and we'd pull the card out and be like, extraordinary. It would be like getting a golden ticket. That was so many metaphors. I did like, I did Price is Right. I did Wheel of Fortune. I did Willy Willy Wonka. Wonka. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going. I just know that Alexandra and Julie are are going places and not on a lawnmower. They are going no. in a full on Bugatti. We've ruined lawnmowers. We didn't ruin lawnmowers. They, they ruin lawnmowers. lawnmowers. We may have helped. We may have helped it along the way, but just like these ladies have helped us keep the mics on. And the lights on. With their generosity. Thank we, you so much. We think you were the tops. Yeah. You're the tops. You're the great. You're, You're the, the tops. tops. I used to know all the words. I don't remember all the words. Yeah, I forgot on them too. And I was in that musical. What? Anything goes. I know it from What's Up Duck, Barbara Streisand. And a baby on the bottom. You're, You're the, the top. top. Thank you, ladies. Before we go into B-Roll Bonanza, wanted to give a shout out to Talking Dateline, which is the podcast that is not us. Listen, every week people say, did you hear Talking Dateline? Why didn't you talk about it on the podcast? I just need to explain the timing to you. We record these episodes right after the Dateline airs and Talking Dateline comes out many days later. Talking Dateline comes out the same day our podcast comes out. It does. Out. So that's why we don't talk about the fun tidbits that come out in the Talking Dateline, which is on the Dateline podcast feed that Mank talks to the hosts about. And it's very entertaining. He's mentioned us a couple times, but that's why we're giving them a shout out because we love Mank and we love Dateline. But that's just to explain because I've gotten so many comments like, hey, did you hear this? Why didn't you talk about it? Because it doesn't come out in time and we don't get it early. So B-roll bonanza. We have to zoom through this because I want to make sure we get to Twitter. So highlights on B-roll Bonanza. Water Tower, Tina and husband on a swing, Jeff driving around. There's a, a we saw the parking lot of the Winn-Dixie. There was a Little Caesars, a State Farm, and a Subway. Yeah, there was. Sorry, that those are what's there now. But back then, it was a movie gallery, which I think is like a VHS blockbuster shop. There we go. And movie gallery. still <laughs> a Subway. Subway, eat fresh 20 years later. Oh, boy. Eat not as fresh. Well, t- after 20 years, it's oh not boy. as fresh. Hopefully, they have new lettuce. But, like, good for them. We also get the sisters, Dee Dee and Sherry, at a patio table looking at loose photos. We get Detective Newsmith driving. We get Aunt Tina walking to her car and then driving. We don't often get the walk to the car. Mm-hmm. And then we get another detective driving in his windbreaker. His name was Wainwright, by the way. Mm-hmm. We had some really good names in this episode, but mm-hmm. we don't have time for him. And we get Jennifer in horrible lighting looking at her phone. <laughs> was that shade? Yes. <laughs> But no regrets. No also, regrets. Cousin Lisa has a Diet Coke, and you can fully see the label. So sponsored by Diet Coke. And empty jury chairs. Always love that shot. And the sheriff has three monitors on his desk. Oh, yes. and the defense attorney, this is why I didn't like him. He has a deer head on the wall of his office. Oh, okay. Got it. Brant's yeah. unhappy being on Dateline and are now associated with murder. Gotta go Hair win. Hair gel. Hair I was going to say Winn-Dixie. The Winn-Dixie, yeah. Because that employee is a liar. and some- Maybe. I think that employee is doing... I don't know what that employee is doing exactly. Did someone pay him off? Why did his story change so much 20 years later? I would like to see the original story. I would like to hear the interview. Yeah. Or see the detective notes. Yeah. Do you have any titles? Not good ones. Not just whistling Winn-Dixie. <laughs> I like it. That's what I got. I was trying to get somewhere with petty officers. Like mm. someone was being petty, but I couldn't get there. Win Dixie, lose Dixie. You win, there you go. You win Dixie some, you lose Dixie some. There you go. Eating fresh for 20 years. I don't know. That's oh all boy. I got. 
I have something very specific and only people that have seen Little Britain are going to get it. But there is a skit and it's reasonable doubt computer says no. And that's just if you've seen that sketch, you'll get it. If so you haven't, uh, there's going to be a bunch of people that are going to get that. Mike V, that's for you. Mike V, that's for you. And all of our British friends. Let's go. I'm so excited to finally have X formally. We have Twitter a bingo winner Twitter. before we go. Well, it's part of Twitter. Carla, you won bingo. Congratulations. Congratulations, Carla. You can get bingo cards on our website. Let's do Twitter. Clearly, I'm fantastic, said crazy lady. I took her place for three months and it didn't last long. Andrea, what happened? Crazy lady slash CL. Are you kidding? I lost it. I couldn't take it. I was okay with the murder, but nobody said I was stuck doing laundry. For seven? How dare you? <laughs> Miggy Martini said, they really should have called this episode, got milk? Question mark. Oh, boy. Did she get, was there milk? No. No, there, there was, was no, no milk. milk. And I thought that was the best argument for her being actually murdered at the house. And that's a good thing that the jury should have considered more is what Jacob said, which is she was so organized that there was no way she would have run out of milk. Yeah. She knew the cousins were coming over. She would have had milk. Right. Extra. Yeah. Yeah. One underscore KSZ says she never asked about the mom of the kids. Jennifer is a real Florida woman. Oh, yes. Andrea absolutely crushed the interview with Jennifer. She asked all the questions that were on our minds. Yeah. Melissa said Andrea Canning is giving Jennifer the business. Yeah, she is. I love that expression. The full business. Mm-hmm. Giving her the business. The Jones Zone says, oh, Jennifer, don't say you don't care what we think. We'll test that theory and you will cry. Oh, no, this is going to be so bad for you online. <laughs> You're going to need to change your name. Yeah. Donna says, oh, I sincerely hope she gets some kind of discipline from the Navy. Lose her pension. Oh. Like, does she? Yeah, she has. She had no consequences. I can't. Oh. She, she should lose her pension. Oh, I don't like thinking about that. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Oh, well, Dateline producer said, this is the first time Jennifer is speaking on national television. And Joanne said, I hope the last time, too. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, if you come out with Jennifer, my side, it's going to, this is going to be bad. Yeah. Mickey Martini said, Jennifer was the wheel man for the hit. She, Ooh. she was the wheel man. Yeah, she was the wheel man. <laughs> you know what stinks is that if she hadn't been given immunity, if she'd actually been charged, he might have been found guilty. Think about that. Yeah, because the lawyers are basically saying she did it, but kind of if she did it, Greg did it. So I know. Aren't they kind of saying that Greg did it also then? Well, and this was the problem too, is because he's charged with first degree, right? So then there's all sorts of stuff that comes with that. Yeah. So instead of just making it a different charge and being like they were both involved somehow, mm -hmm. I don't know, because that's also how they got reasonable doubt, by the way. That was the other thing. It's because of the charge. Mm -hmm. You have to prove that they, oh, man, this stinks. Again, he sent an email about how to beat a lie detector test. Sure did. So there was some planning. Or he just watched Dateline a lot and was curious about lie detector tests. They can say whatever they want about that. They had had this huge conversation about it exactly. two weeks before in a hotel. Mm -hmm. You Can Call Me Ray says, Jennifer fell for Greg's sexy arrowhead earring and well-trimmed lawn. <laughs> well manicured lawn <laughs> Melissa says his edges were clipped ew <laughs> he was manscaping Melissa no. says Jennifer patron saint of bad decisions yeah 
It's not good. So Greg's going to be getting some feedback. Greg is out there in the world. Yep. And he's recognizable. Yeah. He maybe needs to consider a look change. Now he needs a wig. Dana says, Jennifer goes on a hugely popular true crime show to make sure everyone knows she doesn't care what we think. Seriously, this is such a bad idea. Yeah. Her friends are bad. Yeah. what friend was like, oh, no, do it. Yeah. Do it. You're going to be great. Yeah. What friend? Yeah. Paula says, well, good night to everyone except Greg and Jennifer. That was really, those were great. Thank you, everyone. Did people send you tweets? One person sent me tweets. The rest I found myself. Who sent you tweets? I don't remember, but they were super helpful. That person who sent Kimberly tweets, you are a hero in leggings. Mm -hmm. With or without leggings, Mm -hmm. you're a hero and you're amazing. Everyone, please follow us on Instagram. Please send Kimberly tweets because it helps her out. And, And she does these amazing recaps that are really detailed and awesome. It would be very cool to help her out with funny tweets. And then also, please be sure to check out if you're on our Patreon or Supercast. If you're not, get on there because we're doing some fun stuff right now. We're covering Traitors on Peacock, which is really fun. And we're also doing Don't Watch Alone, Watch Like Nobody's Watching every other Wednesday. So this week, it'll be tonight. Yeah, those are live streams. So join us at the live stream level. And we're talking True Detective and... Everything oh, yeah. we're watching. Yeah. I'm Everything we're watching so now. Excited. And Kimberly always has fascinating stuff that she's watching. And sometimes she goes into detail and it's great. Yeah. About Gino and Jasmine, especially for 90 Day Fiance fans. Yes. Also, I'm still on Pink Shade talking about 90 Day Fiance. So make sure you listen yes. to Pink Shade. Yeah, that's it. Thank and you. that's it. Everybody mow your own lawn. I was going to say be your own lawnmower. There we go. <laughs> mow your own lawn. Yay! Thank you, everybody. Bye, everybody. I was really worried at that point when she said not anymore that she was going to say not anymore. Not since I was diagnosed with (laughs) insert something here to try to garner pity. Miss Ophiniona. No, no. It needed to be small. Lyme Lyme disease. From a tick. No, smaller. Something very small. <laughs> no, very small. Eczema. But she wouldn't say eczema. She would say a skin disorder. Yeah, a skin disorder. Which no. A life-altering skin disorder. Eczema can be very debilitating. I don't mean it like that. But No, it, it needs to be something even smaller than that then. Yeah. It needs to be skin tags. Hangnails. Just something. Yeah, yeah. that's what I said. Chronic hangnails. Yeah. It needs to be something tiny yeah. that she has made into this thing. It's to called, try to- we call it CH. It's chronic hangnails and hashtag find a cure. And we're raising funding because there's just not enough medical research about it. And that's really a shame. There need to be more studies and awareness about the disorder. Well, it's not really classified as a disorder yet, but we're trying to get it classified as a disorder. We have 15 people in our (laughs) Facebook group. We had two drop off because <laughs> we they are just clipped, planning a they march. Just clipped them off and they were fine. We're planning a march in Santa Fe. We were going to do DC, but we're starting smaller. Santa Fe. And, our, and you'll know us by our red gloves. <laughs> we were red gloves to signify pulling the hangnails off. Oh, it's the worst. So it's that bad, though. It it's is. that bad that, like, I shouldn't be thinking, like, oh, you're about to pull something out of your hat here because. Yeah. This is baloney. Yeah. Investigate- What's the difference between NCIS and CSI Miami? CSI is crime scene investigators. NCIS is naval 
crime scene, crime investigative squad? Unsure. Naval? No, I don't think it's na- national. It sounds like the same thing. It's no, because they investigate, but CSI is any crime scene investigative unit, except they're oh. in Vegas on that main show. But there's other yes, CSIs. <laughs> and there's other NCISs. Got it. I think it's national because I think there was an NCIS somewhere else, like Australia. And I thought that was so funny because why is NCIS in Australia? Because it doesn't it isn't it for the United States? No, it's you naval. were right the first time. Naval Criminal Investigative Service. Wow. Nailed it. You so but also why are they in Australia? Because they're for the US Navy. They have a navy there. Not the US Navy. I mean they do. I'm sure what's, the U.S. Navy is everywhere. What's the Australian Navy called? Well, I'm sure they have their own thing. Boat squad. <laughs> <laughs> so, in this, I'm just not going to keep going with that because I'm going to fr- offend all of our Australian people. The koala crew. <laughs> On the water, mate. A dingo ate my Navy. No. <laughs> <laughs> We love our, we have the best Australian listeners too. But hopefully a lot of the Australian people don't listen to the end. (laughs) So it'll be okay. Oh, sorry, Jen. She's listening and she's cringing. 